You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit reminds us of the benefits and spiritual basis behind following God in a life of simplicity. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to see all of you again. Before I start, I'd just like to read a post from a website. It's actually a blog called first15.org entitled The Discipline of Simplicity, and it just struck my heart. I'll read part of the post to you. It's from Marie Helms Kivet. He said, I kind of live in poverty. I moved into my first place ever in January of 2017. In February, I was diagnosed with melanoma, a skin cancer, for the second time in nine years. In May, I was diagnosed with cancer in my bone marrow, multiple myeloma, and I had to quit my job because of treatment and a fractured hip. In December of the same year, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and have had to have surgery to remove it. I was awarded disability in January and have been awarded food stamps as well. And she said, it's just enough for me. My family has helped me with other bills. I live a simple life. She said, my car is 17 years old, paid for, very low mileage. I don't need all the bells and whistles of anything new. Those things only last for a season. My medical bills have been astronomical, but I was eligible for a discounted insurance. And what would have cost me a million dollars cost me 2,400 out of pocket. I don't consider myself in poverty. And this is what I like about what she said. She said, I have all that I need. The roof over my head, clothes on my back. And she said, I will one day be able to give back. But until then, I'm not in poverty. I'm just blessed with everything that I need. Not many of us who can afford the luxury of life, let alone suffer from multiple cancers, could probably shout out in joy and say, I have everything I need. I'm blessed to have everything I need. Many of us love to complain. And in the process, we forget about the many blessings that God has given us and be thankful for it. Today, God is reminding us about something really, really very simple. How do we love God in simplicity? Five and a half years ago, we came to Canberra and we lived in a three-bedroom uh, three apartment in Ford. Four months later, we moved to our house in Bonner, and most of you have been there. And this is a season in our life where God is saying, the house in Ford has achieved its purpose, has served its purpose, and now I want you to move on and move to a smaller place. So by the grace of God, we were able to sell our house in a week's time. So we're not moving to a bigger house, we're moving to a smaller house. Can you imagine moving from a 710 square meter block to a 325 square meter block, roughly half the size of where we're living right now? So what we're doing is we're purging, we're letting go of things. And our garage is a reflection of the things that we have accumulated through the years. Now, I just wondered, what would it look like if I ask all of you to take all of your material possessions, line them up outside your house, and have your picture taken with it. In 2002, 
a photojournalist named Peter Menzel and 15 of the world's foremost uh, photographers traveled in 30 different nations and lived with families who are marginal. Not really marginal, but according to this, families that were statistically average for that nation. And at the end of one week leaving with them, they gathered all their personal belongings, their material possessions, outside their house and took pictures of them. Which takes us to our verse today from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. And I'll read the verses to you as I show you the pictures. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break, break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. These pictures make us look at our own lives and see the things that we want and the things that we need. It's interesting how many of us take on the culture of materialism and consumerism in this world, in this country, and we sort of get into the frenzy of filling our lives with things that we don't really need. Studies show that the most cluttered part of our homes is the closet. How much of the things in your closet do you actually wear and use? The girls are reacting. Our shoe cabinets also reflect our pension for footwear, rubber shoes, like sandals and what, what have you. Many of the average homes in Australia have a garage that looks like this. It's a repository of things and commodities. 
Some of them are stored in boxes which have been there for 10 years and haven't been used. Who among you can relate to that? When I drive along Bonner, I see like surveys show that 50% of people don't want to let go because of sentimental reasons. But 75% of those who have let go have felt a sense of relief and a sense of liberation by being able to let go of things that they think are important. The thing is, no matter how big your garage is, no matter how many boxes you have, it's hard to get organized if you have too much stuff, right? Every day we are exposed to a myriad of opportunities to click a buy button, go to the marketplace. At night, instead of praying, you're like that, looking at your Facebook and trying to find out what things you can buy from the marketplace or going to eBay or something, right? We are programmed to acquire, to buy things that would bring clutter into our lives. We have this love affair with a desire to buy things that we don't really need. Today, we are reminded to look at the things that we have with us, our possessions, and ask yourself, which of the things that we have are there because we want them, and which of the things that you have are there because you need them? And we have to remember, not everything that we want is something that we necessarily need. And the things that we need are not necessarily the things that we want. We are challenged to look at the clutter of our lives, and there are areas that we have to examine. Number one, clutter in money and possessions. When Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money, he's saying that if you're not careful about money and your desire to get the things that money can buy, those things and those desires will dictate the way you live and the way you set your priorities. Money gives you orders if you're not careful. Money will boss you around. So get your priorities right and be thankful that you did it. The second area that can be cluttered are our thoughts. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You can just be lying on your bed and still be tired because your thoughts are filled with so many things. Our thoughts are filled with so many things. We clutter our conscience. You know, the battle starts here. It starts in your mind. And even things that are good, we can have unhealthy attachments to them, which can lead to lust, greed, and even pride. The next thing that can be cluttered is our conscience. We haven't dealt with hurts, things that were said against us, and sometimes spoken accusations, rejections, and these can leave us with the spirit of unforgiveness, wounded spirits, and resentments, guilt, and shattered self-esteem. We clutter our conscience with events in the past that just complicates our lives. In Ecclesiastes, it says, this is all that I have learned. Solomon said this, God made us plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. This is so true. 
We have made our lives so complicated by cluttering our homes, cluttering our time, our hearts, with the worries of the world, and in the process, lose sight of God's purpose for our lives. Many of us have potentially wasted a lot of our years in wrong priorities. Many people ask themselves, what's the point of living? Even your family, your career, your work, they can become unhealthy obsessions that can distract you away from God and the purpose that He has for your life. The Bible says, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But we do not delight in the Lord. We delight in the world. And then we ask God after we have acquired the things that we wanted and wonder why we're still miserable and lonely and why we're still empty and unfulfilled. Jesus said, do not worry. Jesus' teaching is strikingly simple. He just said, do not worry. And for us, it sounds totally impossible. How can I not worry? There's some inner attitude here that we must learn. Jesus had a strong sense of goodness, the goodness of his Father, the creator of the world. When he looked at the birds, he knew that the birds were not working. They were not toiling, but God provided for them. When he looked at thousands of flowers and lilies in the fertile Galilean soil, he knew that God was the one clothing them. They do not have to face themselves in the mirror and put makeup and go to the shopping center to buy clothes just to look good. They are marvelous, genuinely beautiful because God created them. Jesus said, know your priority. When Jesus tells us not to worry about what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, it doesn't mean that those things don't matter. He even doesn't mean that we should not work to get those things. The point is about priorities. When Jesus said, do not worry about those things, he says, put God's kingdom first and all of those things will be added unto you. We are encouraged to live a decluttered life of simplicity so that we can have more time for God. Jesus said, trust me, God will provide if you abide. For as long as we are in the vine, we will survive. Choosing simplicity means trusting God's provision. You know, at the core of every desire for us to acquire more, that's actually a representation of the lack of our faith in God's goodness. If we really believe that God is good and will provide for everything that we need, we would never step outside of His provision and strive for other things to fill ourselves. I realize that simplicity, listen to this, simplicity shapes the way we live so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed. Living simply doesn't mean that your life would be void of material possessions or material realities. It simply means that because you delight in the Lord, you desire less of the world and it gives you more time to spend with God and realize and appreciate what He blessed you with and be thankful for it. Simplicity means not desire more than what we really need. Because if you have Jesus, you already have more than enough. Simplicity is finding our center in life. 
and our center in life is Jesus, and basing all our decisions around that center. Many of us are driven to earn. A lot of us want to have a higher level of income. We want to surround ourselves with things. We are pressured to live in a certain way, to dress in a certain way, and to look a certain way. We live in a society with rising levels of loneliness, broken marriages, depression. Why? Because people are sick of a disease called, I have more time for myself than for God. This is a symptom of a life that's centered around things and not on God. Jesus said, seek me first. In every decision, we have two choices. Remember, the choice is what do I want and what does God want? A lot of times when you are to make a decision, it's always between what you want and just what you want. God is out of the equation. We normally, this is how we do, we do what we want first, and then we go to God for help when things don't turn out the way we want them to. We always have to follow and do what God wants first, irrespective of whatever it is that we want. Everything that we decide must bring glory to Jesus. We are all on this earth to bring glory to God and proclaim Jesus to the ends of the earth. Everything that we do must be filtered through that lens. Seek me first. You know, we wrestle with the idea of simplicity because we think that simplicity means we have to desire less. And the opposite of desiring you know, we have the opposite of desiring more is to desire less. I believe that simplicity doesn't necessarily mean that you have to desire less. Simplicity means you have to desire more of God so that you will have more time with Him so that we can seek Him more, put His kingdom in the number one priority in our lives. And to do that is to live in simplicity. Jesus is challenging us today. What are you really after? Are you after that big promotion at work? Are you after a higher paying job, that high grade in school? The recognition you deserve because you are qualified and you're talented at what you do? Are you after that new car or the, the brand new house that you've always been dreaming of? A higher paying job, more money, success, and all the other commodities that the world can offer. Do you think that your worth as a person will depend on how much stuff you display outside your home? Seek God's kingdom first. Everything else comes after that. Jesus is saying to each and every one of us today, He's saying, I am enough. And you don't need anything else. Let's all stand and continue to worship. Jesus, you are enough. May you be in the center of our lives, the center of this church. As we have less of ourselves and more of you.
Let's all pray. Some of you, you may be experiencing a growing discontent deep inside your heart, a hunger that hasn't been completely satisfied by people, relationships, pleasures of the world, parties, material things, or anything that you can and will accomplish. Father God, open our hearts today to understand that it is Jesus that we were made for. Help us to walk with less of the world so Jesus will become our more. Jesus, with you, I have enough. Enough love, enough peace, enough strength, enough contentment, and enough joy. And I don't need anything else. Thank you that from now on, I could live a simple life and learn to be content whether in lack or in abundance, because you are enough. I love you, Jesus. Amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.